0: To talk about the Winnipeg Jets, to talk about the upcoming World Junior Hockey Championships, our good friend Craig Button joins us on the program now. Craig, good morning. How are you? Nice to see you again. Happy holidays.
1: Oh well, um, all the same things to to you three gentlemen. Uh, but I got to tell you. It disappoints me. You know, you take viewership away from TSN when uh, uh, you do your post-game show. Nobody nobody wants to hear what we have to say because they tune it in into you guys. So you're you're cutting my grass, as they say.
2: No, Craig, that's actually not true, though, because those folks will get a chance to watch you on IllegalCurve.com because I always feature your comment on the website. So it's always available for Jets fans to watch.
3: We never take away viewers from you, Craig. Never.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, all kidding aside. So, how are you guys on this Saturday? We finally got snow in Calgary. I was in Winnipeg last week yeah. uh, for the Edmonton and Chicago. I can't believe the weather in Winnipeg. I mean, plus two, three degrees, no snow. I drove out to Brandon on Friday. I don't think I've ever had a drive to Brandon in, uh, in on, on a Friday night in December where it wasn't at least minus fifteen and or blowing snow.
0: Well, it's good that you went last Friday and not last <laughs> night because the snow came last night. So we got to we oh, bit get of, it. Okay. Yeah. It finally came. We right. got thirty
1: centimeters here. I shoveled our blue snow three times yesterday. So. We did
0: not get thirty centimeters. So you you worked a lot harder than we did. We got it probably about I don't know. I'm I, I'm gonna say four or five centimeters. Something that uh, is very manageable. But uh, like it definitely is is the grass is finally gone. I missed out on another opportunity to rake my lawn. I'll have to start <laughs> shoveling it instead of raking it at this point in time. But that's okay. Uh, Craig obviously brought you on talk as I mentioned the Jets talk a little bit about the world juniors Uh, I mean you watch the Jets as closely as we do you see them night in night out more or less you know at any point over the last number of years did you ever think that the Jets would be able to be considered an elite defensive team because at five on five. They are tied with the Boston Bruins and the Los Angeles Kings for the fewest goals against at five-on-five. Five. And that's a stat to me that is still, even though I've come to grips with it, it's still, to me, shocking given all the previous context and all the previous discussions that we've had about the Winnipeg Jets over the last number of years.
1: Yeah, and we've had those discussions. And, you know, I I think that credit has to go to Rick Bonus and his coaching staff. Uh, I mean, the improvements were made last year. They, the market improvements were made last year, and and now we're seeing even more improved play uh, in that regard. And 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 you, certainly the coach, you know, has to instill uh, a system of, of of team play that you know has attention to defensive detail, and that certainly was the case last year. A couple of things that I would say this year have, have pushed it to, to a higher level. They're deeper in their forward group. They they play a lot less in their own zone uh, because they're they're so good on uh, like playing in the offensive zone. I mean, you watch the game on Thursday night versus Colorado, and that was a big that was a big time game by two big time teams. And Kevin Sawyer kept talking about just pr- pressing and pressing. Rick Bonus said we want to put pressure on them. Well, you can't put pressure on teams if you don't have players you can put pressure on. Mm-hmm. I, I I keep going back to Adam Lowry at the beginning of the season. He said, Pierre-Luc Dubois is better individually than the three players we acquired, but we're a better team with the three players we acquired. <laughs> Bigger, faster, stronger, deeper. That's what the Winnipeg Jets are. The, the the template for success in the National Hockey League when we talk about Stanley Cup, it's there. Whether it be the Vegas Golden Knights, the Colorado Avalanche, the Tampa Bay. And if, the reason the Tampa Bay Lightning have fallen off, well, there's no Goodrill, there's no Gord, there's no Coleman, there's no Palat, there's no Kalorn." That's why they've fallen off. They, they still have the top-end guys. It's the reason why I, I, I will not have Toronto or Edmonton as a Stanley Cup favorite. They, they, they don't have enough depth in their forward group. And so when we watch this team, I think that the depth of the team is really good. Coaching, depth. And then I also think that you have played, you know, you've had the opportunity to watch Mark Shifley since he turned pro. And you're watching Mark Scheifele now being elite Elite two-way center. I mean, he had a shift the other night versus in the offensive zone, a of third period where he owned it. He he didn't have any points in the game, and I thought that was a complete win by every single player in that lineup for the Jets. But he doesn't need to score now. To help, yeah, he's going to score, but he doesn't need to to help the team win. And and I think that that becomes infectious when your best players. I you listen to Mike Medano talk about what it meant for him. To, to be put in those situations by Ken Hitchcock. He said, I resisted it at first and I realized, wait a sec, I, I can do more than just score. I, I think that's where Mark Shifley finds himself now. And so you have players that are dialed into it. We know Adam Lowry's dialed into it. Nemesnikov, who's out right now has been really good, but I, I, I think you combine those things together. And, and that's why you're seeing such a strong defense. What is it, 15 straight games with three or less goals against? like fifteen Incredible. straight. Yeah, it is, and and they were a little shaky at the beginning, and and Connor was a little bit shaky at the beginning. Hellebuck, now I mean he he's right back to I mean he, he's elite. I mean it's funny Connor Hellebuck and Connor McDavid, maybe didn't start out the way that we expect to see them play, but there's no question that they have returned to their uh you know elite level status of play in the National Hockey League.
3: Craig, by the way, 15 is soon going to be 16 straight games with the Jets Ducks coming up uh,
1: tomorrow (laughs) night. All due respect to the the Ducks,
3: but they're not exactly a, a powerhouse offensive team. But, you know, we mentioned we want to touch on the 2024 World Juniors with you. And, you know, it doesn't seem like that long ago that we were talking about Cole Perfetti with you prior to the draft. And then after the Jets took Perfetti, speaking of guys that were good World Junior players for Team Canada, right? And uh, based on what you said back then, are you at all surprised? I think I know the answer to this about the way Cole Perfetti is playing this year because I think you would agree he's opening up a, a lot of eyes uh, around the NHL, especially outside Winnipeg.
1: You, you know, it's interesting. You know, Cole and 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 Quinton Byfield went in the same draft. Alexander Holtz, who got drafted by the New Jersey Devils, they all went in the top 10. And what you're seeing now from all three of those players, and I picked out those three, even Lafreniere. Even Lafreniere, who went first overall, you know those four players have really now, at 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 the ripe old age of twenty-one. Starting to emerge <laughs> as players of their Our society is not patient. We we and and I say that as as you know we're not patient with things. We th- that's just the way we are. You know we take our phones and we get on our phones. What did I miss? You know we're, we're anxious to get somewhere fast. We want instant gratification and it's no different in hockey. And so a player gets drafted high and there's an expectation that the player is going to get there right away. You know. There's a development path, and, and and players are going to be along different development paths. As long as they're progressing and and working at, at the progression, I, I think there's every reason to remain confidence in the players. But what we're seeing with 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 those four players, and and specifically now Cole, th- th- that's what the projection is. It, it it takes players different timelines to get to where you know they can become really productive for and 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 it becomes it, it does fans like expect it and 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 teams might expect it to a certain degree players expect it so, so you really got to coalesce around the the process of development and and, and just kind of go okay keep working keep doing it and what i would say is his Cole has arrived but he hasn't arrived fully there is still so much room in his game to take his level of play higher and i think he will take it higher i don't think there's any question he will take it higher but when you start with the brain that Cole Perfetti has, he, he's got a fantastic brain. He's got fantastic hands, and he's a competitor. Those Those qualities all add up to being able to have success in the National Hockey League. And I think they're on display. And I think for the Winnipeg Jets, you know, again, you got a deeper team, right? Like, I mean, you think about Mark Scheifele the way he, he's playing. I mean, I know Cole's playing some center. They're they're debating is he a center, is he wing, but he's insulated now too. He doesn't get put into situations that he can handle. Rick Bonus has opportunities to put him out against players and in situations that he's that he's better capable of handling right now than putting him in over his head. And I think that that speaks back to the team being deeper, and certainly Cole is is demonstrating. Why the the Winnipeg Jets drafted them, and and why people are high on them, and, and again, just we, we need we all need to take a little deep breath at times and be patient with the players. You, I, I know I'm not telling any of you something you don't know. You'd be amazed how, how many times they oh you're worried about this guy. You're worried, and, and the World Juniors coming up, and a player will go to that tournament and go oh geez that guy didn't play very good. Are you concerned? My concern? No, I'm not concerned. Like it's it's a best on best tournament. Like this is a top level tournament. Not like and, and sometimes players get in there. They're a little bit green. They're a little bit wide eyed. And you know, I've seen players come in a tournament that like if they're 18 and play, then the next year they come back and they're dominant. But we want to make quick judgments. And I I, I would just say to everybody, just just watch, watch for progression, watch for, for progression, and
2: go from there. You know Craig one of the things we talked about if we were having this conversation in the summer was the uncertainty surrounding the Winnipeg Jets then they signed Connor Hellebuck mm-hmm. and and Mark Shifley and it seems like things are established then on Monday they signed Nino Niederreiter and we're talking about the culture and Rick Bonus has talked about that quite a bit Turn changing the culture both on and off the ice we talked about the on-ice performance here but a guy like Nino Niederreiter, getting that three-year deal, getting that permanence, when you hear him talk, I mean, it was an optional at, at Hockey for All Center on Tuesday. I'm there. There's not a lot of players, media or players, but the fact is the reality was he was on the ice with a lot of the guys who were the fourth liners, the scratches. He's there. He's working, even though he just signed a three-year deal. What are the Jets getting in a guy like that who brings that both on and off culture to the room?
1: I'm going to answer your question before I get on my rant. And it doesn't take me long to get on a rant. So, but 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 your question, I want to answer that. You know, Nino is a really well-rounded player, and 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 I think when I use the word well-rounded, he he he's a really good skater. He's a competitor. He's got size. He can put points up on the board. You know, he he can be up. I, I talked about playing like in the offensive zone, and wearing out an opponent. Kevin Sawyer used the uh, term on Thursday night he said the fourth line has been full value so let me define and I did, I did it on the bride I said here's what full value means it means that when you go out on the ice it's not an easy shift for the opponent the opponent is sitting on their bench going wow the, the, I, I have no chance to rest mentally or physically because it's going to be a challenge so that third line now with with Nino and Adam and, and Mason I mean that's an outstanding third line in the National Hockey League. That that's one of the very best third lines in my view in the National Hockey League. And so Nino can do so many things in the game. I mean the the pace that he plays. I I I said bigger, faster, stronger, deeper. Nino added when they traded for him last year. Obviously the three Kings players added that. And 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 now and now you're now you're wearing out opponents. And and, and Nino is a is a player. That is no fun to play against because he's not gonna he's he's not he's not a player that's going to uh, what I would say punish you in, in with respect to but he leans on you he's heavy my dear late friend Brad McCrimmon said he hated playing against players that just leaned on you because he goes it was just a constant was it was like you you're trying to shed this weight and you can't (laughs) do it and that's to me what Nino does And, and 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 yes he's got skill and yes he's got some so what he is and I think the contract's fantastic for uh for for the Winnipeg Jets and for Nino Niederreiter but I think that that those types of players become really valuable I will say this I mean, I, I I think now Kevin probably is turning his attention to number two and number five because I think they've been really valuable, Dylan DeMello and Brendan Dillon, to this team and, you know, as pending unrestricted free agents as you're trying to build that culture. Now, you, you, you know, my little my, my little rant is is about, and, and we heard this across, like, oh, players don't want to stay in Canada. Players don't want to stay in Canada. Players don't want to stay in Canada. Well, Kevin Cheville Dayoff certainly has dispelled that notion. And the Winnipeg Jets have certainly dispelled that notion with Connor Hellebuck committing long term, Mark Scheifele committing long term, Nino Niederreiter committing long term. You know, we already saw Cal Connor committing long term. And, you know, and you look at you look at an environment, you look at culture. And Nino talked about it. He goes, I look around here, I come here, he played last year, he sees Scheifele and Hellebuck committing. And he says, We got a good team. I want to be here. Create a good team, being being an environment where players can feel valued. I think I, I don't think there's enough credit given to Rick Bonus and his coaching staff for valuing players. You know we all remember the end of the end of the season last year and how mm-hmm. frustrated Rick was and and some blowback. But Rick values his players, and and I think that there's no way players are not going to uh, sign long term knowing Rick Bonus is the coach without having that belief, and and, and I think they do. And Kevin Shuttle day off. And I'm a I, I love Kevin, I really do. I mean, he's he's a longtime friend, and I have great respect for him. But you know, when he believed in the group heading into last season, I, I think that was important. He believed he thought we 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 could take steps forward. But when he realized that no, I got to change the group, he did. And I know I know as a manager, sometimes why didn't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why haven't you done that? But like the first step was, I think the group can do it, and, and having belief in a group sometimes is, is important and, and then you get another answer. Kevin got another answer and he said I gotta change it and he did. And kudos to him because I think the environment and the culture with the Winnipeg Jets it, it has been really, 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 really good. And, and listen, they got some really good young players in the system that are that, that are gonna emerge here in the next 12, 18, 24 months that are just going to add to this group. Cause this is not a group that's, that's old or aging out. This is a, this is a group that is really moving up as a, as a real strong team in the national hockey league.
0: Craig, you talk about, you know, players moving up the team, moving up. Dylan Sandberg has just continued to take strides mm-hmm. on, on the back end for the Winnipeg jets. You know, as he continues to develop, because really still only his second full season, as he continues to, t- to develop, what are you? So, what's the next step in his development from your perspective? I mean, his underlying numbers this year, particularly defensively, have been absolutely tremendous. Some of the best defensive metrics, you know, in the NHL for a, uh, on the back end. What do you see as his next sort of level, the next ladder, the next rung on the ladder for him to achieve?
1: I, I, he's got to get his sexiness up because that's where people will start to notice. he He's got to start doing toe drags and dangling so everybody can see how good he is. <laughs> <Tongue> firmly <laughs> he, <itchy>. he's, <laughs> yeah he, he's from Hermantown, Minnesota. I mean he won championships at the lake there. He won championships at UMD. The, 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 Dylan is a winner. He, he's a, and the, the, when you watch Dylan play, and this is just my statement on Dylan because I I love the way Dylan plays, and you want him on your team. You don't want to play against him. You want him on your team because he he's all in. He's all in for winning. He's in it to win it. And 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 Dylan delivers. He's a competitor. And to your point, D, uh, Drew, he is now a player that like what what he gives you is incredibly important uh, to success. And and certainly that. And and I think what you're seeing with Dylan. It's not so much what more needs to do. I think you're seeing him be more confident, being a little bit more patient with the puck. He's not looking to just get rid of the puck. You know, he's the game on Thursday, and, and, and you know, just a little sidebar here. How many times do we hear the term play fast? We hear it all the time, right? If people want to know what playing fast is, watch that game on Thursday night because it was played fast from a physical point of view, a mental point of view, an offensive point of view, a defensive point of view. There was times in that game. And, you know, when you watch players in that type of an environment where you got to think just as fast as you, as you move, you know, a lot of times, just get rid of the puck. I, I I counted the times that Dylan just settled, came up the ice, made a nice little pass and, and away they went. That's a player that's settling in confident with the speed in the game and I think that – I don't think he's ever going to be a big offensive player, but I think much like Brendan Dillon has become a real significant presence on the blue line through his own play, and, and I think that's a really good mentor for Dillon, I, that's what I expect Dillon to, to, to continue to evolve, just that rock solid, this is who I am, this is what you're going to get, and you're never going to – and I'm never going to give you anything less than that. That's what I – and I think we're seeing that. Again, I'm talking about progression. That's what we're seeing with Dylan. But there's a lot of teams that can use uh, a a Dylan Sandberg and and a Brandon Dillon. And I'm talking about teams that talk about, think they're Stanley Cup contenders. (laughs) Like, (laughs) give me a break.
0: Craig Button, our guest on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show on this Saturday morning. Craig, thank you for the answers. I'm going to depart. Dave and Ezzy are going to take it from here. I got a family obligation I got to run to, but it is always great to see you. And we always appreciate your time and, and everything else. So, Dave and Ezzy will, uh, will drive this bus home for the next uh, 10 or so minutes or so.
1: Thanks, Drew. And enjoy uh, enjoy the time with your family.
0: Thank you, Craig.
3: Okay, so Craig, now that we've got rid of the dead weight, we can transition over <laughs> to the, uh, the, the 2024 World Junior Hockey Championship, and, uh, which obviously Team Canada's, as as you know, the National Junior Team Selection Camp begins tomorrow in Oakville. As you know, I do communications for Hockey Manitoba, so got to give a shout-out to Connor Geeky of Strathclair, Denton Matechuk of Dominion City. They're obviously going to be participating. And the question I wanted to ask you was just your – with two and a half weeks to go before uh, team Canada's first game what is your outlook because we know uh Owen Beck is the only re- returning player obviously Canada is always going to be a favorite at the world Junior so what's kind of standing to you when Junior protection cap gets underway tomorrow about this it's, team
1: a couple of things that's yeah yeah a couple of things stand out you know one of the things is, is the way the tournament is set up now, it, it, it's really imperative that a team gets better as the tournament goes on. And, and and I think that that has become a full realization for, for, for all countries participating. And no, you, know, you, you want to win every game, but it's about the, it's about the progression. Canada lost their first game last year to Czechia on, on opening day. And again, I talk about players and everything, you know, you know, chicken little, the sky's falling. Oh, can you believe, Oh, what are they going to do? Oh my Lord. Like, you know, listen, I've seen it now, and and I've seen it from a lot of different countries. Build, build, build. So that's number one for for Hockey Canada with this group. Uh, you know, there's no Connor Bedard there. There just isn't. Uh, you know, Joshua Waugh, an exceptional offensive player. The Dylan Gunther, they're just not there. So what what we what what they're gonna have is is a different type of team, and they're gonna be long and, and, and competitive defensively on the blue line. I mean, they got some really good, big, strong players. Dent Matejchuk is going to run the power play just like Olin Zelliger ran it, and I think that, uh, you know, that becomes really important for that part of the game. But they're going to be big in the middle of the ice. They, they're, they're, obviously, they have some skill in some of their forwards, but they want to be bigger on the walls than smaller. The, the, the skilled guys are going to play in the top part of the, the thing, and then they're going to be big and hard to play against. You know, we talk about top six, bottom six. It's going to be a top nine, and they want to have a really hard fourth line. A hard fourth line that go like like a Morgan Barron, <laughs> David Gustafson, <laughs> you know, that type of a fourth line, like, you know, that goes out there and grinds you and, and, like, makes life really, really difficult for you. And, you know, you, I mean, Axel has come in and played really well in the absence of Rasmus Kupari, and, you know, been really good with his speed. But th- they want to have a hard fourth line, not not, not a top not a top nine, and all oh, fourth line goes out there. They want that fourth line to go out and, and, and really be a hard to play against. The goaltending might be a little bit unknown, but that's not the first time Canada has gone into a tournament with, with with what I would consider unknown goaltending. It's known to them, and and uh, Mathis Russo is a really good goaltender in Halifax. Joel Hoffer, there's a Manitoba shout out again. Let's not forget in 2020 that he he, he him and uh and uh, Dawes came into the they weren't well known. Dawes got the start in that tournament. Again, Canada lost, and then Hoffer took it over right to the gold medal. They have really mm-hmm. good, dependable goaltending. They really do. And Don McDu when Winnipeg Jets draft pick. <laughs> You know, it, to me, uh, Rousseau and, and, and Dom are going to be the, the two goaltenders. That's a good spot. They've both been really good. And and I think that the team can rely on steady, consistent, mature goaltending. The blue line's going to be longer and, and hard to play against. They're going to defend the middle of the ice. Everybody talks about the big ice. No, 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 no. The big You don't have to worry about outside the dots. Go play out there. Go play out there. You know, it's like going on Lake Manitoba. Go out there. I don't care where you are. <laughs> you know, here's our net. Here's the front of the net, and we're going to defend this hard. And and that's Like, don't buy into any of this big ice stuff. Like, you got to play inside the dots. And 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 these players are going to uh, are going to defend hard inside the dots. Are going to attack inside the dots offensively. I think I think USA and Sweden start off the tournament as co-favorites. They've won the last two U18 championships. They both played in, in the championship game of the U18. Uh, Sweden beating USA in uh, 2022 and USA beating Sweden in 2023. So th- they're mature teams are good teams. You're right. Canada will always be competitive. And I think that there's a lot of confidence in the group. And one of the things that I think becomes really important for Team Canada is being encouraged to be who you are. You're not going to be last year's team and i think alan latang and the and the management group are going to really emphasize that with the with the play, and let them be their own like have their own identity in their own group and I, 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 listen they're going to be they're, they're going to be and playing they're going to be playing on the fourth in a semifinal i have no doubt about that and i think that from there that's
2: where you hope your game is in order and let's go well, hopefully we'll be listening. To, I believe Dennis is doing the broadcast again, so hopefully we'll be hearing our friend Dennis Bayak making the call. Always oh, iconic. Lord, you'll we, be hearing him. You'll yeah, be hearing him. Always iconic when we get to hear uh, the Winnipeg, the pride of Winnipegosis, Craig. He may live in, in BC now, but he's the, always going to be the pride of Winnipegosis. But, you know... Usually there's a lot of excitement for Jets fans They get a chance to watch prospects in the, in the World Junior, and, and this year they won't have that same level because Colby Barlow obviously dealing with some injuries, so he wasn't an invite. Rucker McGrory he obviously has that injury he sustained in the game for Michigan. I know he was invited to the U.S. camp, but we'll see if he's going to be ready to go. Uh, what about Elias Salomonsen and Fabian Wagner? Those are the two guys who are going to be playing for Sweden. <laughs> Salamonsen's an interesting character because I wasn't expecting him to be back in Winnipeg for training camp, and then he was here in, in training camp, and he was staying. Then suddenly he was on the moose. They eventually sent him back to Schlefka. But uh, to me, he's the guy who a lot of Jets fans are excited because we talk about depth in the organization and that right side defensively. He's kind of like that prized, uh, the Villy Hainola of the right side right now, Craig.
1: He's a, he, uh, Eli, he, he's a big-time competitor. That's He's a big-time competitor. You know, you look at that Swedish blue line. You know, they, they have a really competitive group back there. You know, Tommy V. Lander, who was Vancouver's first round draft pick, Salamonson, like this isn't a freewheeling skate up the other. They can do that, but they they compete hard defensively. They compete. You've got to be a hard defender. And that's what Salamonson is. And Sal Monson's going to play in the National Hockey League. I, you know, I know watching him, you, you know, you're looking at different parts of his game. And you're going, okay, he he has just gone this way. He's gone, he's gone right nicely in that progression as I talked about. And I, I I believe he will be an NHL player, or a regular NHL player. But good, hard defending and not, not hesitant to jump in the attack. You know, if I had to use just kind of a Winnipeg Jets comparable, you think about when they acquired Dylan DeMello. So Dylan, okay, what type of defenseman is he? Okay, you know, 4-5, right? Well, you watch Dylan play now. Dylan's not afraid to jump into the attack. He, 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 he competes hard. He plays, like, in the defensive zone. But he, and that's what that, that's how Salamonson plays. He plays that kind of style of game, and he'll be really good. Fabian Wagner's going to be a really important part of this team. The, the, you know, he was part of the team that won the gold medal to U18. You know, he returns. He, he knows what the tournament's about. And I think that, you know, he's quick, he's fast, he can and, – and, again, we talk about depth in your lineup. That's what the Swedes have. They have lots of depth through their lineup. And it allows Fabian to get in there and, and, and contribute offensively. And, you know, I'll just finish with Rector. And I have a man crush on Rector, just like I have a man crush on Colby. And Colby would be on the team if he, if he had run uh, into the injuries. Rector will be the captain of USA if uh if, if he's able to play and and maybe they should just have him there anyway to be the captain because his leadership is, is is unbelievable and his spirit is infectious so i know they're really and and it might be a case it really might be a case where he he goes over there maybe he doesn't play the first couple of games you know as he tries to ramp up if, if the if the injury is progressing in, in in a manner that's uh that's satisfactory to everybody jets included Jets are a part of this evaluation with Rutger McGrody as they should be, University of Michigan obviously. But don't don't be surprised if if he's making that progress that maybe he doesn't play game one or two, but you know, they're they're getting him ramped up to come back here, you know, and you know, a little bit uh, later in the tournament.
2: Well, Craig, you might have a man crush on Barlow and Rutger McGroity, but we have a man crush on you and we always appreciate <laughs> And your
1: you.
3: spirit is also infectious, Craig. <laughs> oh, <And we laughs>
2: thanks, always- Ezra. I,
1: I really appreciate that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we we always appreciate whenever you can join us on, on a Saturday morning. And you know what, Craig, I actually meant to ask you when you were in the press box, but I didn't want to interrupt you because I knew you were doing TSN stuff. I was like, you're welcome to join us on a post-game show. Anytime you want, if you're here in Winnipeg or anytime, really, you can always join us for a chat for the post-game show. You're never interrupting
1: me, just just honestly. Like, <laughs> I'm up there, you know, like, I mean, listen, Freddie Muslachuk, who's just a wonderful person, I mean, a lot of times he's, he's dragging me. Craig, we need you here in three minutes. We need you here. So don't worry. Don't worry about that. Like, you always, just always do that. And and, and so I'll finish with this, you know, wishing wishing everybody, you know, best of the holiday season and, and certainly a prosperous new year. But Ezra, my question's for you. Where's Shohei's plane going to land? <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, well, I was joking that I'm the biggest Blue Jays fan ever wearing this hat. I'm obviously a bit of a, a bandwagon Fairweather fan. But, uh, yeah, I, I just found out recently that actually wasn't Shohei's plane. So it's pretty funny. Hassan and Remus had the, the flight path up on Winnipeg Sports Talk yesterday. It's pretty funny. But I, I think you would agree, Craig, that this is the biggest signing in, in Canadian sports history. I think Twitter almost blew up yesterday.
1: Is he going to sign, though?
3: It looks like he is. I mean, I, I don't know. Okay. I don't follow it as, as much as others, but, I mean, it seems like the reports are coming out that it's he's going to sign. But, um, yeah, I guess it's not really done until it's done, right?
1: Hey, hey listen, I, I think it would be uh, the Blue Jays are Canada's team and signing Notani would be unbelievable. You're right. There's the, I mean, it, it, it might be as big as Henderson in 72.
2: <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Anytime we can have you on, Craig, we always appreciate it. So thank you for, for spending part of your yeah. Saturday morning with us. We, uh, we really appreciate your time and your insight. Thanks so much, Craig. Okay, thanks
1: guys. Take care.
2: Okay. There he goes. That's uh, Craig button. Of course, of TSN knows pretty much everything there is about the jets and, and jets prospects. And that's why we always love what well, we love having him on. Cause he's, he's a great guest, but he's always provides tons of insight.